And we just want to welcome everyone who has already signed in. Bless the name of God. We're going to be talking about the 16 steps to kingdom develop, kingdom children developing their nature and their character. This is going to be a two-part series. If you have not already done so, please get your communion. We're going to start with Hebrews 4.12, I believe. And if you know it by heart, go ahead on and say it by memory. If you don't, please read it. I believe for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Amen. God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And yes, God, we do believe in your written word. We believe that holy men spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit of God, wrote your word, God, from Genesis to Revelation. So God, we thank you for your word. And we pray that as your word go forth, that you would teach us, your children, your kingdom men, your kingdom women, how to be better warriors how to be better kingdom parents for our children and a better kingdom influences over others' children than, and that are influenced in our lives and that we have influence over. And we ask this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you, dear God. Amen. Amen. So we're going to start with Proverbs. First one is God gives us a command. Proverbs 22.6, and this is one that is very familiar um, to everyone. We say it all the time, and we say it, most of the people that I've heard say it, they, they believe it, but it says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So let's, let's talk about that, Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go. We're going to stop right there. We're going to stop it. He should go. If the scripture says, train him up in the way he should go. And we're reading the word of God. So we're taking God's word. We're taking it as truth. We're taking it as a command. And we're saying, train him up in the way he should go. Then that must mean a biblical way. Is that correct? That must mean it should be the way of God. But I got a problem. How come we're comfortable with teaching our kids twerking and it's okay? How come we're comfortable with teaching our kids <laughs> songs that call women out of their name and it's okay? How come we're comfortable teaching our kids how to steal and it's okay? Teaching our kids how to lie and it's okay. Teaching our kids how to manipulate and it's okay. And we teach them that when they're young, right? And then we look at them and we say, oh, isn't Johnny cute? Look at Johnny. Look at Johnny how he's twerking. Look at Mary how she's twerking. But when they get older and they twerking, when they get older and they cussing you out, when they get older and they're disrespecting you, when they get older and you're sitting out there smoking weed with them, when they're older, you sitting out there smoking with them and you're doing everything of the world. And then you say, but God, you said in your word 
train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart far from it. Right? That's what the scripture said. But did you train your child up in the way he should go? Or did you train your child up in the way you want your child to go? And then you expect for God, because you took a little Johnny or little Mary to church on Sunday, you expect for them to all of a sudden be good kids. The way your child is, is the way that you've trained them to be. Now, there are some situations, some circumstances that kids go astray. I got that. Eli's kids went astray, right? Job's kids went, went astray. But they were trained. If they're trained, then we can go before God and we can say, God, you said in your word, and I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus, and I did what you asked me to do, God. You said in your word that if I train a child up in the way he should go, when he is old, he will not depart from it. So God, I'm expecting you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth to be a man, a God. You said that you don't lie. So God, line my children up with your word because I trained them up in the way they should go. Now, parents, I'm not saying to you that you're perfect because there's no parent that's perfect. I always used to hear someone say, uh, my child didn't come with a manual. No, they don't. They don't come with the manual. They don't come with instructions. But the instructions that we have is the word of God. The instructions that we have is how is a life that we live. But it doesn't always mean that we're going to make the right decisions. But what do we do? We go to that to that child and we tell them, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I didn't do I, that part of my life. I didn't do right. But God said, see, the final word should always be what thus said the Lord. So the first one is command. Number two, children have a purpose. Let's look at Proverbs 1, uh, Psalms, I'm sorry, Psalms 127, 3. Psalms 127, 3. All right. Proverbs 127, 3 says, Children, lo, children are the heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Okay, so what does it say? children are the heritage of the lord that means that your children is a gift from god that he has given to you yes every single one of them yes not just little mary over here that just seems to be the best little child you have every single one of them are the heritage of the lord okay the fruit of the wound as his reward but my child is disabled yes that's your fruit that's the reward God trusted you with a challenge and he knew that you can handle it and he will give you that strength to be able to handle that child that's challenged but that is a fruit of his reward as the arrows are in the hand of a mighty man so are the children of the youth here's verse 5 happy is a man that have his quiver full of them they should not be ashamed but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate so you have more than one great happy but you don't understand I struggle, but that's okay. Then you go before God. God, you said, you said the children are the heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is your reward. You said as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. So God, I pray by the blood of your son, Jesus, that you would provide for me that I can provide for my children in the name of Jesus. Okay, that's number two. So number one is command. Number two is purpose. Number three is the fear of of the Lord are we training our children up to have the fear of the Lord Proverbs 
34, 11. I'm sorry, Psalms 34, 11. Amen. Psalms 34, 11. It says, Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. So what is we as parents supposed to do? We're supposed to teach our children to fear God. Now, what does that fear the Lord mean? Does that mean make them be afraid that God is going to whip them or God is going to abuse them or God is going to be angry with them or God is going to be mad with them? No, this fear is reverential fear. This is the fear that all of us should have as children of God, that we reverence him. We reverence him so much that we don't just rush into his presence. We reverence his day. We reverence who God is. When we say that we are Christian and we, and we get that all the time, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And that's great. You can be a Christian. But when you reverence God, you don't just say anything. You don't just do anything. Your life is, you don't just live any kind of way that you want to live. And you're obedient to God because you reverence him. You have a fear of the Lord that if you're not obedient, that God's going to deal with you and it's going to come back around. And believe me, if God tells you to do something and you don't do it, it's going to come back around. And you're going to have to deal with that. So the fear of the Lord. So number one, and we're going to go back through it, is the command. Proverbs 22, 6. Number two is the purpose. Children have a purpose. We are commanded as parents. There is a purpose that our children have. Number three is that we're to teach them to fear the Lord. Number four is found in Mark, the ninth chapter, 36 through 37. We are to receive the little child. We are to receive them. Mark 9, 36 through 37. It says, and he, speaking of Jesus, he took a child and set him in the midst of them. So he took this child and he sat him in the midst. And when he had taken him in his arms, so what did he do? He took the child, he sat him in the midst, and he took him in his arms. We are to love and embrace our children. He took him and he took him in his arms and he said unto him, Whosoever shall receive one of such child in my name receiveth me, and whosoever receiveth me receiveth me not, but him that sent me. So when you receive a child, you're receiving God. Well, I don't understand that. Okay. <laughs> when you receive that child, you're receiving the God that's in that child. Pastor Jennifer, you don't know how bad little Johnny is. I understand. Little Johnny could be so bad <laughs> that you don't want nothing to do with little Johnny. 
and Lil Johnny is I don't if if your son's name is Lil Johnny is uh, I'm I'm not saying anything to anyone in particular. It's just a name that I'm using. But if Lil Johnny is so bad, let the love of God that's in you be so deep and so intense that you take Lil Johnny and you hold Lil Johnny and you embrace Lil Johnny in your arms. Because when Lil Johnny can feel the presence, the anointing of God on you, maybe, and you're praying for Lil Johnny, maybe Lil Johnny will begin to change. See, we have to remember the power of prayer. We forgot that. But one of the things about this coronavirus, what we're going through right now, if it isn't teaching you how to pray, then I don't, I don't understand why. Because we have a lot of time to pray now. We have a lot of time to go in that secret closet. We have a lot of time to go in there and close the door and say, Father, into thy hands, Lord, I commit my spirit. God, help me, change me, do, transform me. We've got a lot of time to spend before the word of God. We got a lot of time to get on YouTube and get some sermons. We have time. See, before our life was so busy, we didn't have time. We have time now. So you go and you pray for little Johnny. You pray for him while you're holding him and you pray for him in your secret closet. So that's number four. So I'm gonna go back. Number one is command. Number two is purpose. Number is a fear of the Lord. Number four is to receive the little child. Number five is humility. Matthew 18th chapter two through six. Matthew 18th chapter two through six. Almost there. And Jesus called, here he is again. Same scenario, just from a different perspective from the perspective of Matthew. And Jesus called a little child unto him and sat him in the midst of them and said, Verily, I say unto you, except ye be converted, that means changed, and come and become as a little child, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Let's stop there for a minute. Except ye be converted and become as a little child. So when we see little children, and I'm not talking about the little Johnnies. I'm talking about the ones that are humble, the ones that walk in humility, the innocence of a child. That's, that's what I'm speaking of. When you become as a little child, you should not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble themselves as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever shall receive such a little one in my name, receiveth me. So receive that little child in the name of God through humbleness, through humility. And I'm going to go ahead on and I'm going to finish reading down to verse 7. It says, well, whoso offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better that a millstone were hung around his neck than he were drowned in the depth of the sea. So when we offend one of God's little one, right? Because people always ask me, well, where is God when there is an abuse? Where is God when there's a rape? Where is God when there's a murder of these kids, of these babies? God said that it's better than a millstone be hung around your neck 
and you drown in the depth of the sea, then you offend one of the little ones. Then he goes on to verse seven and said, woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must be needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offensive cometh. This world, we're going to have offenses. They're going to come because we are in a sin-driven world. So we are going to be offended. We're not to hold that offense to our heart, but we are going to be offended. But God said, woe to the man who calls it that offense. Woe unto you. So when you walk around and you are a talebearer, when you walk around and you commit chaos, strife, division, pain, betrayal, deceit among the children of God, God's going to deal with you. He's going to deal with you. So we don't have to take that vengeance upon ourselves. All we have to do is stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God is going to deal with you. Okay, God's going to deal with those pedophiles. God is going to deal with those human traffickers who are grabbing our kids. So what's our part? Watch your kids. Keep an eye out on your children. More so now than ever, because Satan is turning up his antics. He is no longer being a 007 satanic uh, <laughs> demon. He's not. He's turning it up. He's out in the open. He's letting everybody know, I'm here. I'm here. I'm walking up to your city hall. I am, I am going into your schools. I am going into your churches. Now the churches is shut down. The schools are shut down. Praise God. Satan, you can't get into our homes unless we let him. Yeah, you got into our schools. Absolutely. You was teaching your stuff to our children, but now our children at home and we can teach them. Thus said the Lord. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. You can't walk into our churches no more because our churches are being shut down. And now our churches are being taught from our homes and you can't come into my home unless I let you in the name of Jesus. And by the blood of Jesus Christ on the four foundations of my home, I plead the blood of Jesus that no weapon formed against my home shall prosper. So Satan, you have no rights reign authority or legal ground up in this place Amen. you can't stand here i plead the blood of jesus and anybody that walks their foot through that threshold in the name of jesus before you even get on the inside of my home you got to co come through the blood Amen. so while we're sitting here complaining let the kids go back to school let the church open up be thankful that satan can't come in your home unless you let him you have to let him now. So that's why it is why we're praying on Thursday nights for the men to rise up. Because now that we're at home, we need our men to rise up and be head of the house and priest of the home. Take your headship, men. Take your headship. Become that head of the house. Become that priest of the home. Let the enemy know the blood of Jesus is over my wife. The blood of Jesus is over my children. The blood of Jesus is over my home, over every window, over every door. The blood of Jesus pours down, the, down my walls. The blood of Jesus is on my ceiling, on the foundation of my floors. The blood of Jesus is around the foundation of my home. You can't come here. Yeah. You can't come here. Go somewhere else. Go to the unbeliever's house. Go over there to the agnostic. Go over there to the atheist. But these children here and this wife here, 
is covered by the blood. Me, as a man of God, I'm covered by the blood. That's why we're praying every Thursday, rise up, men. Rise up in the name of Jesus. And if you say, you know what, I don't have no husband. I'm here by myself. Amen. Then you take authority over your home. Amen. You take authority. God left you in charge. Then you take authority. Then you rise up. You don't have to call nobody in. You rise up. You do it. We've been too long dependent, and I'm going off track, and everybody, sometimes people say, I go off track. Well, that's all right. I'm going to go off track today. You too busy depending on your pastor to do everything for you, but you got to get in your word and pray for yourself and learn how to come against the enemy for yourself. When he comes into your house at three o'clock in the morning with an incubus or a succubus spirit, you going to get on the phone and call your pastor? You better say, Satan, get up off of me in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you got to know how to put that worship music on and pray. You know how you got to know how to fast. And people say, well, you have you have communion every Sunday. Yes. Scripture says, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And if you got to get up in the middle of the night and take communion, the blood of Jesus is over me. I'm taking it now. I'm taking it now, Lord. I need your presence. You said as often as I do this, I do it remembers you. I need, I need you right now. I need to remember that you are still God and that you have not changed. So God, by the blood of your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, by the blood of Jesus, <laughs> by the blood, <laughs> that's all right, but it's, it's somebody looking, but anyway, about by, by the blood of Jesus, I receive you, God, into my home. So you declare God from the front of your house to the back of your house and you cover your children. Let's go on. Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 15. 13 through 15. Then were there brought unto him little children that he should put his hands on them and pray and the disciples rebuked them. This is humility. Forbid them not. We are supposed to receive the little children, receive them with humility, but don't forbid them. When I was growing up and a young child wanted to come and receive Christ, they would hold that child back and say, you're too young. You can't tell a child they're too young when the Holy Spirit of God is moving on their heart. That's right. If your child comes to you and say, I want to know God as my personal savior, then you let your child know God. You take your child to God. You lead your child to Christ. Don't pick up your phone and call your pastor. That's your child. You tell your child about God. You tell your child, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that, that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You tell your child. So it says, forbid them not to come. So when, when they brought him to Jesus, he that he should, they brought him to Jesus, for Jesus to put his hands on them to pray. The parents took the kids to Jesus. The disciples rebuked the parents. Now, before you get on the disciples, you have to understand how long did, did it take for the disciples to learn? Three years. The disciples were in a training process. The disciples were still learning. Sometimes 
people are learning pastors are learning leaders are learning they may not make the right decision but you're the parent if your child wants to know god it's up to you parent not only to lead them to the lord but you are to also disciple them to the lord this is why it's important for priest of the home head of the house rise up this is why it's important single moms rise up take the god-given authority that god has given to you and train your child verse 14 but jesus says suffer little children and forbid them not don't stop them to come unto me for such is the kingdom of heaven what does it mean such as the kingdom of heaven because we can't get into the kingdom of heaven unless we have that heart and that humility and that mindset of a child and a child is trusting you see a child that would get on a wall <laughs> and say daddy catch me daddy better be quick because before you know it this child is not it's not looking at the height or the depth of a wall that they may be on or the danger that they're in they just know daddy is big and daddy is strong and daddy's going to catch me. So when that child gets up there and they begin to jump off into daddy's arms, they don't think there's no danger because they have complete trust in their father. That's what God wants us to do with us. Now you may be saying, well, I don't have no daddy like that. My daddy didn't treat me like that. I, I didn't trust my daddy. Matter of fact, my daddy abused me. My daddy hit me. My daddy had sexual intercourse with me. My daddy raped me. My daddy molested me. And I say, have mercy upon you. In the stead of your father, in the stead of the things that you've experienced, or oh, my dad left me in the name of Jesus. Please forgive what your father did. Please forgive that he molested you. Please forgive that he hurt you, that he beat you. Please forgive that he walked out on you and left you. You are valuable before God. He loves you. And when Jesus Christ came to come into your life, God said, I've got a new DNA for you, daughter. I've got a new DNA for you, son. I've got a new blood. You can carry my name my name you're my child you belong to me and god said i will never forsake you i will never leave you i will never hurt you and everything that i do is for your good and for my glory now i'm not going to say son and daughter that you will always understand everything that i do but you will not always understand everything that i allow but understand one thing Yea, I love thee with an everlasting love. And that love is unconditional. See, son or daughter, there is nothing that you can do. There is nothing that you can say. There is nothing that you can be that will stop me from loving you. See, my love goes into the jailhouses. I love the pedophiles. I love the homosexuals. I love the murderers. I love the prostitutes. I love the pimps. I love the drug addicts. I love them with an everlasting love. I embrace them and bring them to my heart. God said, I love them. 
but I want to transform them because I want them to love themselves. I want them to live a life of peace. I want them to live a life of, of joy. I want them to live a life of happiness. I want to break that spirit that tried to break them. See, when your father went against you in any manner, whether he walked out on you, whether he abused you, whether he sexually molested you, he was being used by the tool of the enemy. Satan used him to try to break you so that you wouldn't come to know God or love God. And you have to turn and tell the enemy, you may have broke me at that moment, but you can't break me no more. See, your eternal place is hell fire forever. Where I'm going, I seek that straight gate and that narrow way. I seek God. I receive the love of God. So every place that I'm left dry, every place that I place that I'm left deficit, deficit, every place that I'm left without God, without you in my life, dear Dad, I have God. That's what God wants you to know, dear son, dear daughter of God. So when I speak of fathers, if that's a bad memory for you, rebuke it and replace it with Jesus. Because only thing in Jesus is his unconditional love. And the scripture says, verse 15, and he laid hands on them and departed thence. He did what the parents asked for him to do. Parents, take your child to God. Don't wait on that pastor. Don't wait on your leader. Men, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. Rise up, men. Take your place. Take your place as head of the house. Take your place as priest of the home. Take your place. Take your rightful God-given place. When God created heaven and earth, then he created who? Man. Man. And if it takes a woman to teach you to be a man and to step in your place as a man, then rise up. I'm behind you. I support you 110%. And there's other women out here, strong women, who support the man. We're waiting for you to rise up. Take your place. This nation needs you. This world needs you. This government needs kingdom men. Rise up in the name of Jesus. Verse number number seven. So let's, let's go back. Number one is the command. We're commanded to train the child in the way it should go. Number two, our children have a purpose. They are the heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Our children, we're to to train them up in the fear of the Lord. Number four, we are to receive the little child. Number five, we are to have them and teach them and experience what they have, which is humility. Number six, forbid them not to come into the kingdom. Don't tell your child he's too young. Sit them on your knee and tell them about Jesus. That the Holy Spirit that's in you is the Holy Spirit that's in Jesus. That Holy Spirit that's that's within them, it'll quicken. And they'll begin to understand, forbid them not. Verse 7, number 7, the kingdom of God. Turn with me to Mark, the 10th chapter, 13 through 16. Mark, the 10th chapter.
And you're saying, but you, you're reading all the synoptic gospels. It's the same thing. Yes, it's the same thing, but a different message. So just keep reading. <laughs> Mark, the 10th chapter, 13 through 16. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought him. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. It displeases the Father that we serve God when we don't allow our children to seek God, when we don't train them up in the way they should go, when we don't disciple them, it displeases God. I didn't say it, God said it. At the very beginning, we quoted Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. God said it. It displeased him. And he said unto them, suffer the children to come unto me, forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Such is the kingdom of God. They are the kingdom of God. Verily, verse 15, verily I say unto you, whosoever, that means you, mom and dad, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of, of God as a little child, he should not enter therein. So until you have that faith, and want to seek after God the way the child does, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. You can't even enter in. You can't even enter in. Have you seen a, a young daughter or a young son that waiting for daddy to come home? I watch it on, on, on TikTok. I go to TikTok sometime and I veg out, I do. And on TikTok, they had this little boy. His daddy was uh, a rig, a, uh, what do you call those? A truck driver. Oh, he's a truck driver, but he drove, he, he drove the rigs. It was a big rig. So that means he was gone a lot. And this little boy, he had to have been about three. And some of you may have seen it. And as soon as his dad pulled up, and there was a, 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 a big stretch of land that, that he had to run across. As soon as he saw his dad pull up and get out the truck, he only had his diaper on. And he was running and he was running to meet his daddy. And I don't know what made him think, because he had a little cap on, he had a baseball cap on. And what made him think, if I take this cap off, I can get to my daddy faster. And tears just welled in my eyes because he was running. He was running to get to his father. And he took the cap off and he threw it across the yard. And then he got to his daddy and he jumped in his dad's arm. That's the way we should be with our father. We shouldn't let nothing stop us from running into our daddy's arms, running into the kingdom of heaven, running. I got to get to my daddy. I got, and if it's his hat, I'm going to throw it off. If it's drugs, I'm going to throw it off. If it's a woman, I'm throwing it off. If it's a man, I'm throwing it off. Whatever it is that's stopping you from jumping into your daddy's arms like that of a child, throw it off. I'm coming before you almost naked, God. The only thing I got on is my diaper and I'm running. I'm trying to get to my God. Except we have that attitude that nothing will stop us from getting into the arms of our Father. We cannot enter the kingdom of God. We got to run, run into the arms of the Father. Number seven, the kingdom of God. Number eight is the generational teaching. 
and we'll probably stop at number eight. I don't know what time it is. It's three o five. Okay, we'll probably stop at number and number eight, and we'll pick up on part two. Um, generational teaching. We have to teach our children the word of God, and that's found in Deuteronomy, fourth chapter, five through ten. Amen. That's right, Sister Veronica. Nothing will stop us from running into our Father's arms. Amen. Nothing. And we have to tell the enemy that. We have to tell him that. When he tells us, and when he try to get us to be depressed, when he tries to get us to be angry because of a situation, when he tries to hurt us through people, <laughs> say nothing, nothing will stop us from running into the arms of our Father. Absolutely nothing. I'm running. I'm going to pull it off. I'm going to take it off. I will throw this hat off and I'm running. And when I see him, when I get there, I'm jumping. I'm leaping into his arms. I'm leaping into that safety. I'm leaping. Amen. All right. Deuteronomy 4, 5 through 10. It says, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments even as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do so in the land whether you go to possess it keep thereof and do them keep the statutes keep the judgments for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of nations which shall hear all these statutes and say surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people this nation is a wise and understanding people for what nation is there so great who have God who have God so nigh unto them as a Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him and what nation is there so great that has statues and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thy eyes have seen, and lest thou depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them to thy sons and thy daughters. Teach the statutes, teach the judgments to your sons and your daughters, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. God is saying, You're a great nation. You have statutes. You have judgments. Teach your children. Teach your children. Teach your children. How do you teach your children? You sit them down and you teach them from the word of God. You get on your knees with them. And you pray with them. And when you get up off of your knees, you teach them by how you live. Men, you teach your sons how to love 
respect and honor a woman by how you treat their mother. Teach them. You teach your men, your men, your male sons and your daughters what an honorable woman looks like. You teach your daughter how to be a woman of God. You teach your son what type of woman to look for because society tells our sons to look for hair, hips, lips, and fingertips. And that's what they look for. They look for hair, lips, hips, and fingertips. So spend thousands of dollars on hair, hips, lips, and fingertips. If I don't have no hips, I'm going to Frederick's of Hollywood or wherever, and I'm buying me some hips. If I don't have no nails, I'm going to go stand at... <laughs> I'm going to a salon. And I'm going to get me some fingertips because Johnny over here said that he'll love me if I wore fingertips. I'm going to go get me some hair because I don't have none. But when you take off the hair, lips, fingertips, and hips, who are you? You got to know who you are. You got to know who you are that if you stand bald-headed, no fingertips, no hips, that you know who you are in Christ Jesus. Teach your children teach your children look at your child sometime today look at them call them email text them is your child the version of what you've taught and if they're not then you go to your knees and you tell God God you said train them up in the way they should go and when they're old, they won't depart from it. And God, I did that. So I'm waiting on you to move, God. I'm waiting on you to move upon the heart of my son. I'm waiting on you to move on the heart of my daughter. I'm waiting on you to move, God. Because I have a son that's in prison. And I need you to move because he made the wrong decision. I have a daughter that's on drugs or in prostitution. And I'm waiting on you to move, God. Because I trained him up. And I'm waiting. We're going to go through nine more on next week, part two. And then after we finish, we're going to pray. We're going to pray today and we're going to pray next week for our children. The week after next, we're going to talk about kingdom men and what's your role. And I'm not going to pull no punches. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> This is not itchy ear teaching. I'm not here to scratch your ears. I'm not here to make you feel good about yourself. I'm here to tell you what thus said the Lord. And if it's convicting to you, then you go to God and you say, God, change me. Change me to be the man that I'm supposed to be. Change me to be the husband that I'm supposed to be. Change me to be the parent that I'm supposed to be. And after that, I'm gonna to talk to the women, kingdom women. If I don't tell you who you are in Christ Jesus and who God expects for you to be, not as a Christian, we're not talking about Christians. See, that term is just so loosely thrown around. I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. It doesn't mean anything. 
doesn't mean anything anymore because Christians look so much like the world. Are you a kingdom warrior? That means I'm headed toward the heavens. That means I'm headed toward the kingdom. That means I'm looking for that straight gate to walk that straight gate, that narrow way. That's what that means. I'm a kingdom warrior. You go to my website. I got I put a little put together a little definition of what a kingdom warrior is because it's not a religious spirit. It's not a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's where we dwell, where we live, who we are. And God has given us through this coronavirus a time to reestablish the foundation of our home. People are getting their backyards redone. <laughs> They're getting their house redone to accommodate family. But what about the foundation of your spiritual house? What about the time spent with your family? What about the time spent with your children? That's what's important. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand and God is coming back soon. He's coming back. God is coming back. He's coming back. Are you doing what God called you to do? Are you walking in the way that God has called you to walk? Is God first in your life? And are you being the parent that God has called I'm going to go ahead on and close up today for right now. And we're going to pray and prepare for communion. If you're first time here, we take communion every Sunday. And we're on a challenge. We're on a kingdom warrior challenge. We pray every day at 12 noon. The number is 408-440. Um, I'm sorry, 408-444-6499. We pray every day at 12 noon. And we've taken a challenge that we're going to take communion every day for the next 30 days. And we're going to see if our relationship with God changes. It's the Kingdom Warrior Challenge. Amen. On Wednesdays and Thursdays, we pray three times a day. We pray at 7 a.m., 12 noon, and 8 p.m. And I made it real easy. There's no long, drawn-out code. It's just 408-444-6499. And you're straight in the room. Put your phone on mute when you come in because we honor the presence of God. And on Sundays, we have 12 noon, and we also have our Periscope at 2.30. We still do deliverances. Uh, we do deliverances on Sundays. Um, after service, we'll, we'll go and do a, a deliverance. And we will bring our thermometer and take your temperature, the temperature of those in your home. If you have a temperature, we can't come in and we will show you our temperature and if we have a temperature we won't come in we bring our gloves we bring our mask we bring our alcohol wipes and we do what God has called us to do we're safe but we also trust God so we do deliverances um, I try not to have it be every Sunday because I do need to rest but um, today as you can see I've I've got the blood of Jesus on, so I've got 
I have some work to do today um, after service is over. But let's go ahead on and prepare for our communion. And as we prepare, I'm going to go ahead on and play a song. And remember, when we take the blood of Jesus, when we take the blood of Jesus, scripture tells us to examine ourselves. Examine ourselves. Thank you. Amen. God bless you, Foxy Brown. God bless you. Scripture tells us to examine ourselves. Examine your walk with God. He said, for this caused many a sleep among you, because we don't examine ourselves. When we take the blood of God, we are taking his sanctification. We're taking his holiness. We're taking his righteousness. We're taking who he is. We are coming as one with him. And so when we take his blood and we take his bread, we're taking his body. And we're saying, God, we take your suffering, but we take your victory. So I want you to begin to examine your walk with God. I'm just going to play a little, a little worship music. And I, while the worship music is playing, ask God, search me. Let's just pray now. Father, search us. Search the very depths of our soul, those hidden places, God. Those places, Father, that we've even hidden from ourselves, but the enemy knows very well how to trip us up, how to hurt us, God. And we pray by the blood of your son, Jesus, that you would expose every work of the enemy so that we can renounce it. Renounce it first. Kingdom warriors, renounce that sin first. Renounce it. You are no longer a part of me. I renounce you in the name of Jesus. Then repent from it. I repent. That means I turn away from it in the name of Jesus. Then I want you to say, and I resist it. Meaning I resist all future involvement with you. So I renounce the sin of fornication. I renounce it in the name of Jesus. You are no longer part of my life. I repent from it, God. I turn away from it. I resist every future involvement with it. And I release the opposite of fornication. I release purity. I release holiness. That my body is your temple. And I want you to do that for those sins that God brings to your mind. Those four R's. Renounce. Repent. Resist. And release. Then I'm going to add one more. Then receive God's forgiveness. Receive his forgiveness for the sins that you committed. Receive it. So I want you to do that while I play just a little worship music. In the name of Jesus, be. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. We that speak to cover the. 
in the name of Jesus leave pass over pass over Satan it can't stay here you're not welcome here We're going to begin to take the blood. Father, thank you. Satan, the Lord God rebukes you now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There are many, God, today who have renounced, repented, resist, released, and received. Hear the cries of the hearts of your children because you are our first parent. Even before God, you gave us to the parents that birthed us here on this earth. You are our first parents, God. You said children are the heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is your reward. You rewarded our parents with us. We are an, an award. We are a heritage. We are special. We are to be valued. We are worth something. God, forgive every one of your children who have hurt your little ones, who have grown up with pain in their hearts and in their lives because of pain from their parents. Break, God, in the name of your son, Jesus, that generational curse of incest. Break the generational curse of drugs and alcohol. Break the generational curse of physical, mental, and emotional abuse. Break it, God. Break it, God, in the name of Jesus, that it will not pass down to the children's children's children. Break it now in the name of Jesus. And God, as you break it, heal the hearts of the adults now who are still children in their emotions, children in their hearts, children, God, feeling unworthy, unloved, unwanted, don't know what it feels like to be loved by a father.
because they didn't receive that kind of love from their dad. God healed them because they didn't receive that kind of love from their mother, healed them because you said in your word that I will be your mother and your father. So God, we ask this in the name of your son, Jesus, because when we take your body, when we receive you into our lives as Lord and Savior, we've got a new DNA. <laughs> Bless God. We got a new DNA and his name is Jesus. And we thank you for that. There's new blood in our bodies. We are the child of the most high God. Father, today I release queens, kings, priests, princes. I release them, God. In the name of your son, Jesus. Those who are bound have been bound for years. I release you in the name of Jesus. The Lord God rebukes every work of the enemy that comes against you, that had you bound, held down, tied down, thinking that you are nothing, that you are not loved by anybody. You are loved by God and you are now released. You are free by the blood of Jesus. So as we take this body, God, we break it and we take it in remembrance of you, of what you did for us so that we can receive that new DNA. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And we take it now in the name of Jesus. Take, eat, all of it. The blood. the soul cleansing blood, the purifying blood, that blood that runs deep, mm. the, blood, the blood that has all power. We take the symbolism of your blood and we take the power of your and we're reminded, God, because you said as often as you do this, to do it in remembrance of you, who you are, and the blood that you shed on Calvary. We take your blood and we become one with you, God. You said that you would, that we would be one with you as I and my father are one. God, we become one with you. That intimacy, Lord, that you would move into the lives of mothers and fathers across this nation and especially everyone who's listening and hearing move in their lives help them to be better parents help us all to be better parents god forgive us forgive us for failing our children but god we refuse to stay there because the blood the blood of Jesus allows us to pass over. And we take your blood in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. 